Blog Talk Radio. Probably just yeah. getting everybody on. Yeah, hello. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor. Yes. Can you hear? Okay. Um, is it tonight we go to Chesapeake? Yes, ma'am, we are. We are going to Chesapeake tonight. Okay, Pastor. Yes. Did I have to sign up for the bus? Um, yes, or just let somebody know that you're coming. Okay. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll let them know when I get up there. Hey, good morning. All right. Yeah, we can do that. We can do something to do that. Hey, good morning, everybody. Everybody's coming in now. Hey, Nikita, good morning. Uh, the Mac Pool Kid, good morning. Hey, Belinda, good morning. Sarah, good night. Good morning. Minister, I'm sorry. Good night, Reverend Night. Hey, Sarah, good morning. Justin is on. Thomas with me. Hey, good morning. Glad to be back and with everyone. Uh, good morning. I'll wait for everybody to come in. I know we're just kind of reconnecting. So uh, get everybody used to being back on. Sarah, hey, good morning. Karen from Weldon. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning from the Foreman's in Richmond. I am glad to be back, Ebony, to you. Appreciate it. Good morning. Hey, Sister Cynthia. Good morning. We are on day 22, living a life like it is golden. I'm saying day 22, though. We didn't just take a week off, right? But no, it's day 22 of our study. Uh, everybody's with us on conference call. Glad to have you this morning. Hey, Rochelle. Good morning to you. Uh, Shay Latoya. Hey, Shay. Good morning. Um, Sister Buzz. Good morning. I miss you guys as well. I miss you guys as well. We picked up on yesterday, for those who missed it, and yesterday uh, was obviously day 21. And on day 21, we talked about uh, learning how to smile, right? Uh, success means I love every day. Uh, you know, trying to find something about every day that you like. That's just kind of recap for those who may have missed it because we had to just jump back in. Uh, hey, Deacon Jones, good morning. Uh, Sister Wesley, good morning to you too. Uh, but today, day 22, we are talking about being lost. Hey, Lolita, good morning. Good morning. Talking about being lost. Uh, day 22, lost. I deal with being lost. Rude, what's going on, man? Missed you guys yesterday. Uh, day 22, being lost. Let's jump in. Uh, Hebrews 12 and 6 is, is the same scripture. Hebrews 12 and 6. And the end of that verse, Hebrews 12 and 6, go ahead and type that up there. Let me know that you did. Uh, we're going to keep it interactive. Hebrews 12 and 6. Somebody there? Somebody can type that up. Hebrews 12 and 6. There we go. Hey, Lady Kellen, good morning. It, it reads this way. Uh, actually, the end of it says, For the Lord disciplines those whom he loves, and he chastens every child whom he accepts. Right, one more time. There it is, Hebrews 12 and 6, wisdom gift. Hey, uh, for the Lord disciplines those whom he loves, and he chastises every child whom he accepts. The idea of being lost. Uh, and when we talk about loss, L-O-S-T, it's the acronym. It simply means leaning on stupid things. <laughs> Look, I didn't make it up. That's great. Uh, I'm just kind of talking about it. He comes with the acronyms, that kind of teacher. Listen, leaning on stupid things. And, and here, here's a simple idea. One, um, that life is all about decisions and choices, right? Uh, you know, a lot of times we feel like we are pressured into things. We feel like people made us do things. We blame a lot of what happens to us and a lot of what we do on our environment, on what people said. Sometimes, you know, it's on systems that are around us. And, and honestly, you know, there, there are some things that may kind of scare us. But at the end of the day, a lot of what happens to us, a lot of what we go through, a lot of who we talk to, a lot of what we 
engaging in activities really comes down to the decisions that we make. And plainly, you know, I'm, I'm hope, I hope I can tell you guys that we're real tight. You know, we do a lot of stupid things. Matter of fact, we don't just do stupid things. We lean on stupid things. We depend on, we place all of, you know, what is our, our trust and our faith in things that have absolutely no merit. One of the great things about God is that he is time-tested. Matter of fact, one of the things about the Bible is that it has been time-tested. And I understand. I think I'm with you. And yes, there's so many different translations of the Bible. I've heard, you know, over and over again that it could be the white man's religion. I do realize that it was written by men who are also flawed and have their own, uh, you know, shortcomings. I get all of that. But just think about how long this one group of texts has existed. Think about, you know, the stories we get about God that I believe are absolutely true, that he is the ancient of days, that he is alpha and omega, that he was here in the beginning. With all those things being true, I think the one thing that makes both God and his word, God and his Bible, so different and distinct from everything else is that it has tested over time. It has made it through generations. And because it has done that, you have to understand that there's some wisdom in it. There is, uh, there, there's some, some knowledge that has made it over and through challenges and through trials. I was, in, uh, I was taking this course a couple, a couple weeks ago uh, while in Chicago uh, by Dr. Frank Thomas, and he talks about what he calls the wisdom of the ages. And he said that one of the failures of today and all of, with all the technology we have, with all of the new age information we have, he says we've lost what he calls the wisdom of the age, that we no longer listen to the stories from our elders. You know, we don't have that time where we just sit down and listen to the seniors talk and tell their stories and give their wisdom. He says we, we rarely rely on some of the activity that used to take place and uh, some of the age-old Serum, uh, not just in medicine, but words and conversations and ideas. You know, he says that we are, you know, his argument is that we always try to do stuff new. We always try to create the next best thing without seeing what already exists. And in Hebrews 12 and 6, you know, what we get from this Hebrew writer is this whole idea that, look, God this has to discipline you and I. And when he disciplines us, he doesn't discipline us necessarily uh, because. He's mad at us. It's not it's always because he's angry with us. But sometimes he disciplines us because we have, you know, leaned on some things that were really not good for us. We lean on some things that really had our did not have our best interest in mind. We depend on some things that may look good in the beginning but really haven't been tested over time. And, and so the discipline that he gives, the chastening, when we talk about chastening, I know the best way I can put it, I, you know, don't judge me, don't tell anybody, but when I was little and I got in trouble, you know, my parents didn't put me in a corner. No, <laughs> no, no. My parents didn't put me in a corner. My grandparents didn't put me in a the corner. They had switches. Uh, they had belts, and uh, they applied a little pressure. Yeah, that's the best way I can put it publicly on the live stream, right? They apply a little pressure, and a little pressure that they apply right over and over again was a way to help discipline me. I think the Bible even says it, you know, I spare the rod for the child. And, and for all of us, what God does is oftentimes he has to discipline us to help us understand his wisdom. That's the key. He's not disciplining you to judge you. He's not necessarily disciplining you always to correct you, 
for you, disciplining you to guide you and point you in the right direction. With that being said, you know, there has to be some value in understanding that there there are some consequences to wrong action, right? Uh, that that there are indeed uh, some uh, some some negative responses to some of our negative actions, and it doesn't mean God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that God can't reverse it. It doesn't mean that God can't look out for you. All it means is that God is trying to steer us away from the stupid and back into the wisdom, away from the stupid, back into what he knows will work on our behalf. So today, you know, if you think you are lost, if you think you've been living life in the same circles over and over again, if you think, uh, you know, your life today looks a whole lot like your life yesterday or last month or the year before it, it might be that you lost. I mean, that's what happens, right? You have to find yourself lost, maybe traveling or uh, trying to get activities done today, and it feels like you've done a whole lot, but nothing is done at all. Or you're in the dating relationship thing, and uh, you know you've been dating people, and it seems like the person every time you date somebody, they're just like the last person you dated. Or, or maybe you know you're in this rat race with your finances, but every time you try to save, you end up finding out that you spend more, and you just can't get out of debt. Or maybe even in your faith, you know, you're kind of in this place where you think you're going in God, but you just feel so discouraged all the time. I mean, sometimes maybe, but all the time, it may be that you're lost. It may be that you are living life in a circle. You are just doing the same old thing, the same old way all the time, ending up with the same result. That happens when you lean on stupid things. Again, I'm not, I'm not insulting you. I'm not trying to say that you are stupid. I'm not saying that I'm stupid. I think that you are brilliant. I think that you're smart. I'm confident that uh, you have something in you that God values as intellect. However, because of the sin nature that exists in all of us, we typically would bend and lean toward quick gratification. We would bend and lean toward our own desires. We will bend and lean toward uh, what is feel good for the moment. Uh, Lady Kellum said that's what insanity is, right? Good morning, Tanya. And insanity is this idea of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But today I want to encourage you uh, to be found, right, uh, to not live your life lost, not live your life leaning on stupid things. There's a scripture that says some men trust in horses, some men trust in chariots, but I will trust in the Lord the name of the Lord. And today, if I could, I want to encourage you to trust God's word when it doesn't make sense. To, to not only pick out the scriptures that you like, but find some type of scripture reading regimen that forces you to read some scriptures that aren't familiar and common. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, that if you listen to the core motivational scriptures that I use on a Sunday in a sermon, the core scriptures that motivate and encourage us pretty much are the same. You know, you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Uh, that we command do it for night, joy comes in the morning. Uh, Fret not yourself because of evil doers, because, you know, God will cut them off. No weapon form against you shall prosper. Those are good scripture, and, and I like them. I, I, like to, I like to speak them and preach them over and over so that you know those are true. But they aren't the only scripture, you know, in the Bible. There are other stories wisdom of the ages that can help you, stories about people like Mephibosheth that nobody talks about, stories about old man in the Bible, uh, stories about guys like Jephthah, uh, about the daughters uh, that came after their father had passed away. There are so many great 
wisdom nuggets or nuggets of wisdom in the Bible that you've got to go find them. You've got to unearth them, uncover them, discover them, because the wisdom of the age will be what keeps you when you feel like and it looks like and it seems like you're lost in life right now. Because today, only no stupid thing. Matter of fact, if I can tell you, uh, like a real good friend, like, you know, we've been rolling together since, you know, what, jelly shoes and jump rope, jelly beans and all that, right? If we were real tight, I would say, stop doing stupid stuff. You're smarter than that. You're wiser than that. And you are an adult now, which means you don't have to have everything quick, fast, and in a hurry. Kids have to have, to have things when they want it. Kids pout when they don't get what they want when they want it. But now that you are, you know, you are of age, you got to put away some childish things. You have to make sound decisions, sound decisions for your family, sound decisions for your health, sound decisions for your finances, and most importantly, you've got to make sound decisions for your faith. People are depending on your sound decisions. God is depending on your sound decisions. Uh, the world is waiting, Romans says, for the sons of God to rise up and stop doing stupid things. Stop leaning on stupid habits. Stop depending on things that you know are going to be temporary. And get to a place where you learn to lean not to your own understanding, but you acknowledge Christ and watch him direct your path. I like that because if he's directing your path, you won't be lost. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you because I know and believe that, uh, God, you place something in us, this spirit that gives us wisdom, a spirit that, challenges us to do right, even when we feel uh, like wrong may be better for us in the moment. God, I pray for an environment of friends and mentors, pastors, and uh, cohorts that will somehow pull back into your children uh, so that even if we start to go and lean the wrong way, stupid things, they'll put us back on the things that will bring both salvation and sanity again, give us hope and joy, and help us smile again. God, I pray that believing it will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, uh, I'm not sure what the day is going to look like for you, but here's what I know. 